Are you interested in a true crime podcast with a different point of view with hosts who have seen the justice system from the inside? Then you should check out Alice and Brett and their show, The Prosecutors. In every episode, Alice and Brett bring a unique perspective as full-time prosecutors to the most famous and debated true crime mysteries, whether it's John Benet Ramsey, Maura Murray, Scott Peterson, or the Delphi murders, they dig deep to bring you the details that you won't hear anywhere else. The Prosecutor's Podcast is about more than just storytelling. Alex and Brett will walk you through the legal problems lurking behind every case. They break down the complexities of the criminal justice system with a little bit of humor and personal touch. And it's not just true crime. They bring the same training and approach that they've learned as prosecutors to classic mysteries like the Dialtov Pass incident and the ghost ship Marie Celeste. So if you're looking for a true crime podcast with a different point of view, a different approach, The Prosecutors is the podcast for you. I listen to this one myself. Highly recommend. Britt and Alice are great. You can find The Prosecutors wherever you find your favorite podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stove Lake Media. Igniting conversation. In December of 2010, New York police were desperately searching for Shannon Gilbert, who went missing earlier that year in May. What they would discover would ignite a massive investigation that continues to this day. Police would find Shannon's body, along with the remains of more than 10 other victims. Will the Gilgo Beach serial killer ever be discovered? Will justice ever be served? This is... True Crime Cast. This is True Crime Cast. Jamie and John and crime. That's what we do. How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm over here having a hard time breathing because everything in central Kentucky has decided to come back to life for spring and the uh, my lungs and sinuses can barely take it. <laughs> and you don't do well with that. I feel like we've gone months without you having a voice. Yeah, it's uh, springtime's here, folks. Time changed. I'm having a hard time with that. But I uh, feel like I'm being a Debbie Downer, so I'm going to turn things back over to you. How are things going in your life? All right, man. Uh, so we've got this nice studio now that we record in, and I feel like we've underutilized it because we have like multiple monitors and stuff. So I'm trying some different... Uh, technological stuff so we really have a come come a long way since the old broom closet days of true crimecast yeah. early years right yeah we have and i miss it, the the damp smell of mops and the faint smell of chemicals in the background as we talk about murder i'm sure they make candles that we can bring in <laughs> we can look into that hey i want to make uh, something right i think i said last week that i that ashley came in at the three dollar level that is false ashley came in at the ten dollar level and deserves a special shout out so here you go, Ashley. Thank you so much for contributing over on Patreon, and we uh, we really appreciate it. And for you. the kind words you sent us on Facebook, we really appreciate all that. Yep. So. We have a case today. We do. It's very interesting, and it is about murder. 
a serial killer. We haven't done one of those in a while. Um, try not to give too much away, but John, why don't you get us rolling with a uh, basic summary? Well, this one is called the Long Island Serial Killer. It's also known as the Gilgo Beach Killer. Over the course of nearly 20 years, a serial killer stalked New York State, racking up nearly 20 murders. Despite the widespread attention the killer received and the highly consistent M.O., he or she was never caught, nor were authorities able to definitely give the final number of victims who met their death at the hand of the Gilgo Beach Killer. Who were the leading suspects behind the grisly killings? Are they still lurking in Long Island? I don't think we're ever going to know. Yeah, the Long Island serial killer goes by a lot of names depending on which cases you're talking about. But basically, it's believed that this person, and I may say he, I assume it's a guy, this person killed between 10 and 16 people from the years of 1996 to 2010. Like we said, he's killed. He's called the Long Island serial killer, also known as the Gogo Beach killer, the Craigslist ripper, and the Seashore serial killer. The suspect is still at large, and I've heard lots of comparisons in my research to Jack the Ripper, and and we're going to get into the details of that, but I feel like this is kind of an under-the-radar serial killer case, and, I mean, we're not even a decade removed from it. Over the 14 years that he was active, the Long Island serial killer roamed Long Island, New York. His victims were located after they were dumped unceremoniously along the Ocean Parkway, which was like there was this popular 16-mile stretch in Long Island that connects a couple different New York state parks. And victims were disposed of along that parkway between Gilgo Beach and Oak Beach in Suffolk County, New York, near Jones Beach State Park. And that's over in Nassau County in New York. And it was in an area like like it was a popular stretch, but the bodies were all found in an area that was more like shrubs and and bushes and those kinds of things. They weren't on, uh, they weren't on a beach as you would think about a beach. And although the killing spree goes back to 1996, the real story doesn't even start till May of 2010, or at least what we know of it. And that's when police were summoned to search for 24 year old Shannon Gilbert, a sex worker who had been missing since May 1st of 2010. She was last seen by her driver after she ran from a client's house near Oak beach. Initially, the search for Gilbert yielded very little. It wasn't for another five months in December 2010 when a law enforcement officer and his dog discovered a body part as part of their search for Gilbert. The body was described as skeletal remains of a woman in nearly disintegrated burlap sack. Investigators were unclear as to whether the remains belonged to Gilbert, but as it was found in... In course of that investigation, it commenced a really a much larger search of that area. As a result of that search, they found three more female bodies over the next two days, sparking immense media interest. This became a really big deal. Obviously, uh, it's it, it's a big story, John. If somebody's missing, if you find that body, but then in the search, if you stumble upon two more, that's just unprecedented and very. Very unexpected. Based on the number of bodies in the area that were close by and the similar MO, it was clear that this this had most likely been done by one person, and we had a potential serial killer out there on the prowl. 
particularly since Gilbert was the only woman known to have been missing in the area. These other women, uh, while most of them were identified, there was no search party looking for them at the time. In late 2017, police revealed the name of a man they believed to be the prime suspect, John Bitroff, a carpenter from nearby Manorfield, Long Island, who had been arrested and convicted in that month for the murders of two prostitutes in the early 1990s. Police announced that he's a person of interest given his other crimes, but they don't have any hard evidence right now tying him to the murder, at least not conclusively at this point. But he is, at this point, not even, we said prime suspect, but all police will say is a person of interest. It's kind of circumstantial, you know, just linking his crimes to these, and it certainly makes sense, but... Not really any like hard evidence, right? Like definitely no DNA that we know of linking him to the crime, no fingerprints, nothing at the crime scenes would really point to this guy. It's just kind of he's had a similar issue in the past, so maybe let's put him on the spot for these, right? Yeah, it's circumstantial is the right way to look at it. And of course the police may have things that we don't know, but that update in two thousand seventeen was the last we got about him. Sure. And, and, you know, this is an open investigation, so I'm sure if they're, they're wise, they're going to hold some of their cards close to their chest and, and not let us see all the details. But that's kind of what we have right now. In March and April of 2011, a few months after the initial discovery of the four women's remains, additional searches doubled the victim count after four additional bodies were found in a nearby area off Ocean Park Parkway near Gilgo Beach. Now, given the overwhelming number of victims and few clues, police began to encourage the local community to contact them with any information that might be useful, and they established a $5,000 reward for uh, for information that would lead to the conviction of somebody for these crimes. With eight unsolved murders and a serial killer on the loose, Nassau County Detective Kevin Smith said, that the police would further explore and investigate any criminal activity which may be in close proximity to the recently discovered human remains. Local officials also requested support and resources from New York State Police for the ensuing searches and investigations. By late April 2011, an additional person's remain were found, as well as a separate skull and partial remains. So this brought the total victim count up to 10 people. On June 16th, 2011, over a year since the original search for Gilbert began, Suffolk County law enforcement raised the reward amount from $5,000 to $25,000 for any information that led to the arrest of the murderer. It was the largest reward fund in the county's history. So that's that's kind of unprecedented, kind of a, an award, a reward for that crime there. In late September 2011, forensic artists working with local law enforcement released sketches of the two identified victims based on their remains. One was an Asian male, and the other was an unidentified woman. It was also at this point that more details began to emerge about the identities of all the victims. So, Jamie, of the ten sets of remains discovered since 2010, at least four have been identified as missing sex workers who had advertised their services on Craigslist. All the remains were strangled before being placed in burlap sacks and dumped in the area. In addition to the Asian male and unknown female, some of the victims have been identified. So, Jamie, we have a a list here of all the folks that have been identified. So we'll kind of go through those now if you want. Maureen Barnes, age 25, was a local sex worker. 
She was last seen in 2007. She was discovered in December 2010. Shortly after her disappearance, one of her friends received an anonymous call in which a man told her that he had just seen Maureen alive in a whorehouse of Queens. He had no New York accent and quickly hung up the phone. You were quoting a direct quote there. A yeah, I feel like that's Queens. important. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, you should have quote unquoted that one. Uh, Melissa Bartholomew was age 24, and that was another sex worker who used Craigslist. Now, John, this wasn't long after the Craigslist killer kind of happened. So some people were on alert about this, and, and people uh, were aware of that. So it certainly was part of the conversation up around New York. A week after she vanished, her sister received a mocking phone call over and over for about a month from a van who eventually told her that Melissa was dead and the caller would watch her rot. The calls came from Manhattan and Melissa's phone record showed that she had actually called lead suspect John Bitroff several times before she vanished. So there's some more of that evidence linking him to one of the victims. Also identified was Megan Waterman, age 22. She vanished after placing an advertisement on Craigslist. Who else you got there, Jamie? Amber Costello, age 27, a sex worker who disappeared in September of 2010 uh, after leaving her home to go and meet a John. Jennifer Taylor, who vanished in 2003, was identified. Parts of her body were discovered in Mannersville weeks after her disappearance. She had been mutilated, and the rest of her body would be discovered in May 2011. There was an unidentified female who had been dismembered. Part of her body was found in 2000 in Manorville, and the rest was found as part of these ongoing searches in April of 2011. An unidentified male was discovered in April of 2011. He was an Asian male. He died of blunt force trauma. Between 2001 and 2006, he was found in women's clothes and likely worked as a prostitute. John, this is, you know, I struggle with these anyway, but there was an unidentified toddler, the body of a toddler found in April of 2011, which is certainly outside the MO of these other bodies. This child was under two years old, but DNA did confirm that one of the other victims that were found on the beach was the mother of this little girl. Yeah, that victim was found in 1997. Um, Her torso was found. The rest of her remains were found in April of 2011. Like you said, she was the mother of that toddler. An unidentified female discovered in April 2011 was discovered. Her legs were found early in 1996, several miles away. Six other remains were found in the area and may be tied to the killer, including Shannon Gilbert, but they have not been conclusively connected and are therefore not really part of this official body count. Yeah. And and usually we refer to these as like canonical victims, people that we feel like meet the MO, not we, but uh, general investigators feel like meet the MO and are more likely than not a victim of the same killer. In addition to all these remains, the body of Shannon Gilbert was finally discovered in December of 2011 in a marshy area about a half a mile away from her last known location. It seemed like she had drowned after stumbling into the marsh, although most people disagree, citing the fact that she had been running away in distress and had called 911 earlier during the night that she vanished, telling dispatchers that she was afraid for her life. And because her body was found when it was, they were unable to declare officially a cause of death. 
Although the family did hire a private, uh, somebody to do the autopsy in 2015, and the cause of death unofficially was exficiation, uh, which could be strangulation, it could be uh, getting choked, it could be whatever, but the new autopsy by a famous doctor, Michael Bannon, had said that he could show conclusively that it was strangulation. In fact, there was a a hole in one of the bones in her neck that suggested there may have been some torture there. Um, but yeah, she was seen running into the area where her body was ultimately found by a driver. And at this point, the, the common area of all these bodies being found, the MO for disposing of the bodies, dismembering the bodies led police to determine that the killings were probably the work of the same person. Meanwhile, a lot of people were calling in to help. The public really wanted to pitch in. This was a huge story up there, obviously, and that nearly overwhelmed law enforcement. By September of 2011, even before Gilbert had been located, police had received over 1,200 tips. Nevertheless, the investigation had essentially reached a standstill. State and local police found investigations were slowing down to a lack of plausible, useful leads. The investigation continued to slow down, uh, and the leads were dwindling until December of 2015, which is five years after this investigation began. At that point, Suffolk County law enforcement announced that the FBI joined in the case after years of resistance from the former police commissioner. John, a lot of these situations, uh, the I, th- I think the FBI had some jurisdiction here, A, because it was a lot of murders and obviously a bigger case. But if somebody's killed somewhere, moved somewhere else, they can come in and help. But in situations like this, they have to be requested or allowed to come in. And sometimes you see local law enforcement who want to say, I can handle this myself. I don't want the help. And thus, that keeps the FBI away. But they came on board in 2015. Uh, and about three months ago, from the time of this recording, back in January of 2020, police released to the public some evidence that they have had for a long time but hadn't really released and told people about. This was a belt, and it was found at uh, one of the body sites, and the initials written on the belt are either HM or WH, depending on which way you turn the belt. None of the known victims had those initials, and the victim nearby this belt did not have those initials. So police believe that this belt belonged to the killer, and that could be a huge piece of evidence if they're able to extract DNA from this belt. And in a lot of ways, the way that, and we're seeing this with the uh, Making a Murderer case with Teresa Halbach, we can get DNA off of things now that we could not get DNA off of five years ago, three years ago. So there's a chance that they have some of this evidence that's been sitting around, hopefully stored properly, that now they have access to. All the Long Island serial killer cases are officially unsolved, though police and the public have identified four suspects, John. Let's go through those. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break. In case you didn't know, John and I have an Etsy store. We have coffee mugs, t-shirts, stickers, mouse pads, really trying to uh, unload some of these t-shirts so we can get some different colors. Go over to Etsy and search True Crime Cast, or you can find the link on the top of our Facebook page. We have knocked $10 off those shirts, so you can get a t-shirt shipped to you for $15. 
Yeah, so head over there now and uh, get the shirts while they're hot. Thanks for sticking around with us. We're back, so let's get back into it. Uh, we already mentioned uh, John Bitrolf. Please believe that he is probably the highest, most likely person to have done all this. And he was convicted of other sex crimes, and he killed sex workers, uh, and, and he's been convicted of that. And there's similarities between the Long Island serial killer and the murders that he committed. Many of the victims were found in or connected to his hometown of Manorville, which is just near where these bodies were found for the Long Island serial killer. He was sent to prison in 2017 for the confirmed murders that happened early in the 1990s. And that was around the time that the Long Island serial killer was active. Bill Trough lived three miles away from where two of these bodies that we have discussed were found. That's pretty close, man. So I can see the connection for sure. Another suspect is that of Joseph Brewer. Now, Joseph was a resident near the site where some of the bodies were disposed of. He was also the last person to have seen Shannon Gilbert alive. So he was the person who hired her as a prostitute from Craigslist on the night that she disappeared. He would later claim that Gilbert arrived at his house, began acting bizarrely, and then fled. Gilbert was seen running through the neighborhood. She was pounding on doors asking for help. And she called 911 to claim that she was in danger. She called 911 and said, they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. Now, no evidence connects Brewer to her disappearance or any of the crimes. And he has been cleared by police at this time. And that's interesting, too. The the fact when, when police announce that people have been cleared, we certainly have examples of times when people have been cleared and then later proven to be arrested. Uh, so I, I don't know. I feel like cl- police are... And and maybe he is completely clear, but I think that needs to be an absolute before they make that public. James Burke is a former Suffolk County police commissioner, John. Uh, And this is a very intriguing suspect to me. Shannon Gilbert's family attorney claimed that she had a relationship with this guy. Again, she was a sex worker and that he should be implicated in the case. He was sentenced in November of 2016 for beating a man who stole a duffel bag from him. That duffel bag was filled with pornography. Burke was also the one that prevented FBI involvement in the case while he was the police commissioner. And uh, there's a lot of talk about him uh, being involved with sex workers and preventing them from being arrested and prosecuted in certain ways and trying to, uh, I guess, protect that work in that community. So, to have the police commissioner come up as a suspect here, uh, I, I don't know. That's We don't see that a lot. Another suspect that has been ruled out is that of Dr. Peter Hackett. Now, he also lived near one of the disposal sites. He called Shannon Gilbert's mother two days after her disappearance. He told her that he was taking care of Gilbert and that he ran a home for wayward girls. Three days later, he called her mother again denied that he had ever met Shannon. So the swampy area Gilbert was finally discovered in backs up to Hackett's backyard. Gilbert's family actually sued Hackett for wrongful death, claiming that he took Gilbert into his home and drugged her. However, no evidence emerged to support the theory uh, that he was involved in her death or really any of the other victims, and his wife and children were home on the night of Gilbert's disappearance. 
Police have since ruled Hackett out as a suspect in all of the Long Island serial killer cases, including Gilbert's. Despite the list of possible suspects, nobody, including law enforcement, is able to definitively say who is responsible for the murders, and really, Jamie, it appears unlikely that these cases will ever be solved or that justice will be delivered for the serial killer. I mean, do you have any thoughts on, like, what's your take on if justice can be served, if these crimes can be figured out? I think they can. I I mean, if police didn't think, and I mean, they're the ones that know. They're the ones with the experience that see, yeah, there's still room for this, or no, this one's probably never going to happen. If they're still working the case, they just brought the FBI in. Earlier this year, they uh, they announced that, they have this belt and they're showing this belt. Does anybody know whose belt this was with this initials on, with these initials on it? I feel like police believe they can solve it. And if police are still all in on it and having press conferences about it, I have to feel good about them having something to go on, or at least their belief that it is possible. I certainly hope so. I mean, you know, we would love to see this case be solved, of course, and the justice to be served for all the families who lost loved ones. This belt, though, I mean, I hope that they have more evidence to go on than just this belt. I mean, who's to say this belt doesn't belong to a victim whose remains haven't been found? Yeah. And maybe this was discarded, you know, and, and we still haven't found this this person's body who belonged to the belt. I mean, who knows? But if it belongs to the killer and they are able to pull DNA, I, I pray that that it can be used to to quickly solve this crime and to figure out who's responsible for so many tragic losses and obviously none of the suspects that we mentioned john have the initials uh mh or hw i'm sorry that's backwards wh or hm so for them to say these are our leading suspects but we have this other now i don't know who's to say that their belt had their initials on it it had could have been somebody else's belt it could have been handed down whatever um but what do you make of the suspects? Yeah, I mean, I can certainly see how any one of these suspects could have been linked to the crime. I mean, the last one I said, I think Dr. Hackett, his property backs up to the marsh where Gilbert was found. Um, why did he call her mom to say, I have her, I run a home for wayward girls, she's here. And then, you know... Why would you do that if you didn't have Gilbert? You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I I don't know how he's been ruled out by police. You know, okay, his wife and children were home the night Shannon disappeared. That doesn't necessarily rule him out in my book. I mean, crazier things have happened. Did he leave the home and his wife's covering for him? Did Did Gilbert run to his home and... Something bad happened in the home. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you can sit here and definitively say that any of these people can be cleared. I mean, they all have certain things about them that could raise suspicion. In my in my opinion, I agree. And Hackett's the one that really bothers me when you use the word "cleared." Uh, not you, but please use that word because he was so close. Because he does have suspicious behavior, which uh, a lot of these others don't necessarily. So. How is it that we 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 have these suspects with that line up with the circumstantial evidence? They had suspicious time or suspicious behavior around that, and then we say they had nothing to do with it. Again, police could say, 
we know for a fact that you were in Germany for the entire time or whatever. Sure. But and and they don't always release all that. But I feel like if you're going to clear somebody, that's probably okay to say why they're clear most of the time. Now they I think your public perception would want that to be released. Like he was cleared because he was in Texas at the yeah. time. Like that needs to be made available so that you completely clear your name because. Without that, if I see you walking down the street, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, you may be a murderer, you know? Why hasn't this gained more national traction? I have no idea. I I don't have a good answer for you. I mean, this is one of the craziest cases we've ever we've ever discussed on this show, and yet uh I mean it's it's been talked about in media before. There's a Netflix documentary about it called Lost Girls. There was a forty eight hours documentary about it in twenty thirteen, but but really, it doesn't get the headlines that a lot of other cases get, and I don't understand why not. Right. And the Lost Girls documentary on Netflix is actually coming out this week. Or it came out last week. I'm sorry, by the time this comes out, which timing is, uh, I don't know if, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, but it is uh, based on a book about this situation, and it will be the story of Shannon Gilbert, I believe. So that's certainly something to catch up on. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, to get more information about this case, yeah, like I said earlier, it's some people don't equate it, but correlate it kind of with the uh, with Jack the Ripper. We find these mutilated bodies. We never know who who's done it or who is tied to it. There's no definitive evidence. It's a similar situation. All these, of course, Jack the Ripper, which we've covered, had. Uh, used opportunity kind of differently, maybe didn't have the means to dispose of bodies. They were kind of out in public, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's very similar and I find it very odd that it wasn't as widely publicized nationally. Cause this is about the time you and I were getting into true crime. Yeah. So how did we miss it? I don't, I don't know. Maybe we were too busy looking at other stuff, but man, I could go through all these suspects for a couple of hours to talk about what I, what I think, what I don't think. Um, it's super interesting. And I mean, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add. I just hope that, that whoever is responsible for this stuff is found soon and that we don't rack up any more body counts from this person. Yeah. For anybody who says that this can't be solved, goodness gracious, we didn't think the golden state killer would ever be caught. And, and that just came out of nowhere for most of us. Uh, so I, this is not one that I would give up hope on that. We've certainly covered cases that I think, we're not going to figure out, but I, I probably feel more optimistic about this one being solved, uh, as, as I do any of them. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's possible. I hope it's likely. Um, I'm going to ask you a question here real quick. I hope that you're okay with that. This John Betroff, if that's how you say his name, he was the one that was convicted for the death of two other sex workers. I mean, do you like this guy for the crime? I mean, he's, he's been in jail. The, the crimes have stopped, you know, yeah. or at least we haven't heard about any more like in the recent history. I mean, do you think this guy could be responsible and they just haven't had enough to pin it on him yet? Or I really want to read more about the crimes that he did commit to see how similar they are. Of course we read that they were very similar, but how similar were they? Well, yes, they were sex workers. In my research, I, I learned that he stabbed his victims. So it is a different MO altogether. But that's not to say he didn't do it. He could have been learning at that point with those victims and uh, not disposed of them. And then, I don't know, gotten better at it, as bad as that is to say. Uh, there, there's a reason he's the top suspect, though. They know he committed crimes like this at the same time that this began. So I, I get that he's 
that he looks good on paper, but I, I don't know what you're going to do until you have some hard evidence, until you have have that DNA, until you have confessions, until you have uh, connections to other victims. I know he had a uh, connection to one of them, but yeah, I don't I, I do like him, but for some reason, I almost feel like it's one of those situations, like in the office, where Dwight says it's not the person you most suspect or the person you least suspect; it's the person you most medium expect. Yeah, I feel like this is the guy that, on paper, you're supposed to suspect. So that makes me think it's probably not him. The Joseph Brewer guy was the person who um, Shannon Gilbert had been hired by to come over and and perform sexual relations with. Uh, this guy's interesting to me because I've read some some stuff about this case where they suspect that there might be more than one person involved in these murders, and maybe it's a group of people carrying them out. When Shannon Gilbert called 911 the night that she was meeting up with Joseph, she said, they are trying to kill me, which indicates that there was more than just Joseph at his house. Um, I don't know the arrangements that she made with Joseph. Was this going to be a multiple party kind of deal? If not, why were there multiple people there? Why what what turned and made her fear for her life to where she had to run away? That's it's really interesting to me too. I mean, I, I think there's probably more to that story. Like, how many times had she met up with with guys and never had to call nine one one? Sorry, gosh, never had to call. How many times had she met up with guys and never had to call nine one one for fear of her life? And then she meets up with this guy. I'd like to know more about what happened there that led her to be so fearful. And notice he is, uh, he, he has been cleared by police according to the reports that we have. So yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> police we found that can say whatever they want. So in some ways they could say you're clear just to get an edge on the investigation. So I'm trying not to read too much into that. I feel like I've talked about it too much. All right. Well, I think I'm done kind of hashing this out. Anything else you want to talk about before we close this one up? I think we're good. We appreciate all the support again. Uh, check us out on Patreon, uh, rate, review, check out our other show, Bless Their Hearts, all that fun stuff. Yeah, we uh, we release updates to cases as we have them over on Patreon. So if you're interested in joining, that's $3 a month. We'll get you a bonus episode each and every month. We do a lot of funny crime. We do a lot of serious stuff, but we uh, have a lot of fun and we do give updates as they come in on some of the cases. And I hope that we were able to update you one day on this case and bring some closure to it. So guys, thank you so much for listening. If you don't mind, please stop and give us a five-star review and a, and a rating over there on iTunes. And we really appreciate you coming by until next crime. This has been true crime cast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You've listened to True Crime Cast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Check out stoveleg.com to find out more about your hosts and to find other podcasts to listen to. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.